The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. We're still talking about living victoriously through faith. Amen. Living victoriously through faith. The Bible says in 1 John 5 verse 4, uh, for everything or everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So there's a victory that overcomes the world and the Bible calls it faith. Amen. And we read also in the New Living Translation, this is our foundational scripture. It says that for every, someone say every. I like this word every. It didn't say for some. It says for every. What that means is all of us are qualified. Amen. Uh, Every single one of us is qualified uh, to live a life of victory. It says for every child of God uh, defeats this evil world in the NLT. He says, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. So there's a victory uh, that we can achieve through our faith. Amen? And when you start operating in this kind of faith that the Bible is talking about, we begin to live our lives in a place of victory. And God's will for you and me is to live our lives in a place of victory. God wants you to win. Amen? He wants you to be victorious in all the different areas of your life. He wants you to be victorious in your health. He wants you to be victorious in your finances. He wants you to be victorious in your relationship. That's God's will for you. He does not want you to live a defeated life. And yet, many Christians live a defeated life, sometimes because uh, they just don't know. No one told them that God's will for them was to be victorious. And sometimes it's because they uh, didn't care to listen to God Uh, when he was trying to tell them, I want you to win. And sometimes it's because they don't want to be victorious. Because guess what? If I become a victim, I can get all the attention I need while I'm uh, in my place of, you know, just playing victim. Amen? So uh, when we read this scripture, we realize that God wants us to win. Say that after me. God wants me to win. He wants me to win in my finances. He wants me to win in my relationships. He wants me to win in my health. Amen. And we discovered that uh, uh, in Romans 3.27, that faith is a law. Amen. Faith is not a phenomenon. It is not mysticism. Uh, faith is not magic. Faith is not uh, 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 superstition. Faith is a law. Just like gravity is a law. Uh, almost everyone in here knows that if I hold a book in front of you, let it go, it's going to go down. It's going to drop to the floor. So is faith. When you start operating in faith, the only thing you can get out of it is win, is victory. It's, you know, thriving. Is, is things get better. Things start to work. The sick get healed. The heartbroken get healed. The discouraged get encouraged. And the broke begin to prosper. Amen? Why? When you start operating in faith, there is a victory that's available. And what's so awesome about this is it's available for every single child of God. Me included. Man, when I read that scripture, it encouraged me. Because I thought it was just for the rich people. I thought it was just for the uh, Asians. I thought it was just for the people from the West. I thought it was just for the Americans. I didn't realize it says for every child of God. And now that I know, guess what? I want to prosper. I want to be victorious. I want to win in all the different areas of my life. Why? Because that's what God is offering me. And we discovered that there are several ingredients that make faith work. And one of them was 
You've got to understand the supremacy of God's word. You've got to learn and understand and receive God's word as God's word, not as a bunch of opinions. Amen? The Bible is a, is a book filled with God's valuable seed and advice. And as, as you receive it, as you read the word of God, I'm telling you, begin to perceive the value that is in God's word, honor it, and as you receive it, your faith will begin to work. Number two, we also discovered that there is an ingredient called God's love, which makes your faith work. When you understand how much God loves you, your faith will begin to work. Amen? Uh, Also, we access the grace of God. Everything that Jesus paid for on the cross, we access it by faith. Amen? The only way to access what Jesus has already paid for on the cross is through faith. When you understand faith is the password into the grace of God, when you understand faith, you begin to access that which God, that which Jesus already paid for on the cross. Amen. Uh, the fourth thing you must understand is the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Say that after me, the righteousness of Christ. Notice I didn't say your righteousness. We say the righteousness of Christ. So, your righteousness doesn't cut it. It is the righteousness of Christ that when you receive and you put your trust in and you approach God, you can approach Him boldly. Amen? And you can check out that teaching from two weeks ago. Uh, the thing we're going to be talking about today, and we started talking about this last week, is understanding and learning how to talk. I, to- I call this the law of confession. A lot of people don't realize that faith works with their mouth. Amen? Or faith is released through their mouth. The way you speak will reflect whether you really believe or you don't. And uh, to look into this, uh, continuing from what we talked about last week, we're going to go to Luke 6, verse 45. Luke chapter number 6, verse 45. And I'm going to get the board. Luke chapter number 6, verse 45. This is one of my favorite scriptures, one of my absolute favorite scriptures. Luke 6, uh, verse 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Did you see it? It says a good man gets to enjoy good fruit because of the good treasure that is in his heart. In other words, simply put, a good man begins to experience good things because of the good treasure that they put in their heart. What that means is the Christian life is an outward manifestation of a heart reality. Whatever is in your heart is what you will see around you all the time. Amen? I said, amen. Not only that, he says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Your constant conversation, your constant communication, your constant uh, speech is a reflection of what you have in your heart in abundance. So this is the technology. I I like to call this uh, the technology of life. And, you know, for many, many years when we taught people how to talk, Uh, It has been mocked at because, you know, we've only taught them how to talk in the spare of the moment. And we didn't tell them and teach them that your conversation should not just be in the spare of the moment, but it must become a lifestyle. So you can't just say by stripes I'm I'm healed and then live a lifestyle of I'm sick. And I get an amen. (laughs) You can't just say, you know, uh, 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 my needs are met according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus for a moment, but live a life that confesses, yeah. uh, you know, I'm poor, I'm broke, you know, I'll never amount to anything. So this thing is not in the spare of the moment. That's why when they mocked at it, you know, in the 90s, uh, in America, they started teaching this principle, and the, the observers started mocking it. They started calling it, uh, blab it and grab it. Name it and, you know, claim it and name it and, you know, and so on and so forth and claim it and whatever. All they were saying is you people are crazy. You think you can just say something and get it to happen. And true to the, the, what they were saying, the commentators, that's crazy to think you can just say something and then, you know, expect it to come to pass. No, this thing is a lifestyle. Amen. It's not talking about just something you say in the spare of the moment. It's talking about a lifestyle. What dominates your conversation? If your conversation is dominated by victory, 
then you have victory in your heart. Now, if your conversation is dominated by defeat, we can fix that by changing what we put in your heart. Because the Bible says, what you stock up, your heart becomes your storage facility. Whatever you stock up in your heart, when it reaches a certain point, it uh, uh, spills over into your mouth. See, your mouth will surprise you. (laughs) Your mouth will surprise you. Your mouth will say some stuff that you didn't know was in there. But when it reaches a certain level, uh, a stock level, man, it just spills over into your mouth and you see yourself saying it. And then you wonder where that came from. Where did that come from? It came straight from your heart. Amen? Because once it reaches a certain level, it's got to spill over into your mouth. In other words, your mouth does not control itself. Your mouth is directly controlled by your heart. This is why the Bible says you must guard your heart. With how much? With all diligence. Proverbs 4 verse 23. It says guard your heart, protect your heart with everything you have. Says protect your heart with everything you have. Why? Because out of it are the what? The issues of life. That word issue uh, is the word limitations. So the limitations that you experience around you come directly from the heart. They don't come from the uh, wage structure of the company. <laughs> you know why? Because God can get resources to you any other way. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. God will get the, the things to you through your heart. So it's not determined by the policy, the company policy. It's determined directly by what you allow in your heart. So your heart is vital. It's very important. We live in what I like to call open heaven. Can everyone see there? So this is the clouds. I tried to draw the clouds in the first service, and I did a terrible job. I think this is better. This is a cloud, right? And we live under an open heaven. But here's how we receive. I try to draw a heart. It's better than the first service. Man, I'm glad I don't have to write a letter to my wife with handwriting. Because the heart part would have been a problem. <laughs> Amen. I used to, you know, I know some of you used to write physical letters, you know, like. Kiss before you open, you know, anyway. (laughs) The one guy, man, he's writing a letter and he sprays perfume on that thing and the ink smudges. By the time she's like, it smells good, but it's got nothing on it. (laughs) So here's what happens. Uh, The open heaven is always giving. You know, heaven is always giving. In fact, the word heaven is in the Greek Oranos, which means a pushing out. Heaven is always giving stuff. Heaven is always giving solutions. It's always giving life. It's always giving uh, resources. Heaven in itself is a pushing out. Just like the sun does not receive anything, you know, from the earth. You know, the sun outside, it's always giving. It's always giving vitamin E. It's giving uh, 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 heat. It's giving all kinds of stuff. That's heaven. Heaven is always giving. But for you to receive from heaven, you're going to have to receive through uh, the channel of your heart. That's why your heart has to be in perpendicular alignment with what's going on in heaven. But sometimes we find our hearts over here. Outside. Man, that's a crazy heart. That's better. Sometimes you find your heart over here. It does not mean you're a bad person. It does not mean you're not going to heaven. It just means you're not receiving of what heaven is giving. I said something uh, uh, two days ago. I wrote that state. I got it when I was running. And the Lord said to me, you cannot download the treasures of the kingdom if your heart is not in the kingdom. So if your heart is outside the kingdom, you can't download the treasures of the kingdom. What are the treasures of the kingdom? The gifts of the spirit. What are the treasures of the kingdom? Resources. What are the treasures of the kingdom? Life for others. What are the treasures of the kingdom? Wisdom. What are the treasures of the kingdom? Witty inventions and creative ideas. But you can't receive them or download them if your heart is not in the kingdom. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 6.33, you must seek First, the what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? All these other things that heaven is already given will now come into your life through the channel of your heart. But your heart has to change its location. 
from being out here to being in here. You know, when I discovered this, I was saying in the first service, when I discovered that everything I was going to experience in my life, in my marriage, in my family life, with the children, in the church, in my ministry personally, was going to come through my heart, I decided, I didn't, I wasn't forced, I didn't have to do it, but I decided that I would live a very short-leashed life. What I mean by that is that, you know, the leash that you uh, put on a dog, uh, I decided to put myself on a very short leash so that I can live in a controlled environment. I live my life in a controlled environment. I'm careful about the environment that I go to. You know why? Because I'm protecting my heart, and I'm protecting uh, what will be deposited in my heart. Amen? Because I know whatever is deposited in my heart will eventually find itself in my mouth and in my life. So the story really starts... In your heart. The Bible doesn't have anything about uh, not going to a strip club. But I can guarantee you it's a terrible environment for my heart. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. So I've got to protect. I've got to be in environments that protect my heart. You know, when I'm in the gym and uh, uh, working out, I decide. It's my decision to put headphones on and get some of that word in my heart. When I'm going running, I put my headphones on and I'm listening to the Bible or I'm listening to a sermon. I'm just listening to scriptures. You know why? Because I discovered, you know what? If I can put good stuff in my heart, if I can turn my heart into a treasure chest and not a trash can. You know, I know we don't talk like that out here. We say bin. You know, it's a bin. A dustbin. We say dustbin. You know, you can turn your heart into a treasure chest or a dustbin. But I don't like dustbin because it doesn't rhyme. (laughs) treasure trash see what I'm saying so I like trash so I'm going to borrow from the Americans you can turn your heart into a treasure chest or into a trash can a trash can means you've now opened your heart to all kinds of nonsense some of it from the news you know some of it from you know negativity on the internet you know, some of it from the friends, some of it from, you know, work colleagues who are just negative. Have you ever met people who are just so negative? <laughs> like, there's some people who are negative about everything. If it's a beautiful day like today, they will say it's too hot. If it's cold, a little cold, they say it's too cold. If it rains, they say, oh, why is it raining? If it doesn't rain, they say, oh, it's a drought. They are negative about everything. They're just negative. And when you get around them, here's what unfortunately happens when you're not careful to guard your heart is you receive their words as seed and stock them in your heart. And as you pile up on those words, those words will find themselves in their mouth. As the old saying goes, uh, birds of the same feather will flock together. As you get around people who speak death into their marriage, you will see yourself just talking up on that negativity. And before you know it, you're also speaking death into your marriage, into your relationship. You get around people who speak death into their jobs and complain about all kinds of things, about their bosses, about you know the work environment, about the money that they're getting paid. They're complaining about everything. As you receive all that garbage and stock up on it, I can guarantee you, your mouth will surprise you. Because your mouth is on autopilot with whatever you put in your heart. So you've got to be careful what you stock up on. Not as a legalistic law thing, but as a way of life so you can produce the goodness of God. Amen? God wants you to have and produce good. And the way you do it is by stocking up on good. So if I'm not controlled environment everywhere, short leash. If I'm not, I was saying to one uh, dude at the, at, at the office, I said, man, I would be a, an easy person to kill. You know why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm at about five places maximum, five places uh, in my life. If I'm not at one place, I'm at the other. If I'm not at the other, I'm at the other. If I'm not at the other, I'm at, I'm at the other. And these are all places that are good environments for me to feed on the word of God. Amen. Even a place like the gym, which can be rowdy with all those big guys and so on and so forth, I choose to control my environment. You know, like how you control your, your environment around what you eat? I wish. <laughs> man, I'm still trying, man. I'm still trying to eat healthy. I'm trying. Amen? But we should be controlling our environment by what we put in our bodies. It's the same way we should control our environment by what we put in our hearts. 
even more strict with what we put in our hearts. When it's negative, man, don't put it in your heart. Because it's just going to find its way in your mouth. And your mouth is the authorizer. It is the final signature. Once it finds itself in your mouth and you release it, it's coming to pass. Amen? Amen. It's going to be produced in your life. So relocate your heart. Move your heart from over here to over here and start filling up your heart with God's word. Live groups. You know, I never miss a live group uh, uh, when I'm in town. And I'm the pastor of the church. You know why? Because I discovered a long time ago, the reason I'm going to life group is so I can stock up on some good stuff. The reason I read the devotion is so that I can stock up on some good stuff in my heart. The reason I read the Bible is not to try and please God. God is already pleased with me. The reason I read my Bible is so I can stock up on the good stuff. And as it piles up, when it finds itself in my mouth, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But I've got to recoil and wire the things that happen in my heart. Amen? So you've got to protect your heart. You've got to plant good seeds uh, in your heart. If you don't plant good seeds, the enemy will come and plant weeds. Weeds are simply what we call random thoughts. Amen? That are not uh, based on God's word. And random thoughts will produce a defeated life. You know, when the Bible says an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, usually we're thinking about a murderer or a thief. You know, that's an evil man. No, an evil man is any man that entertains anything that is contrary to what God's will for them is. If it's a report that says you can't, it's an evil report. Amen? Remember the ten spies? The Bible says they brought an evil report saying we can't get the land that God had said was rightfully theirs. And how did Caleb and Joshua protect themselves from that? They protected what was in their heart and they didn't listen to what the ten spies were saying. In fact, if you read it, it actually says Caleb and Joshua quieted the people. You know what that looks like? It looks like someone interjecting. While the spies were talking about their fear and their uh, uh, impossibility, Caleb and Joshua interjected them, quieted them, and said, no, we're going to speak possibility. We are well able. And sometimes you need to interject those thoughts and feed them with the good thoughts. Amen? Let's go now to Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26, with this in mind. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. It says, and God said, who said? God. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Now, this is interesting how God created man. He says he made him uh, in his image. God said, let us make man in our image. So you and I, uh, primarily there is talking about Adam and ultimately you and me. He's saying you and I were created in God's image. Someone, say, someone shout, I am God's image. What that means is, God created you in his nature. Image speaks of nature. What's God's true nature? God's true nature is that God is a spirit. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit and so are you. You, at the true identity core of your nature, you are spirit. Say that after me. I am a spirit. And some of you may think, How, what, what's special about that? Man, you have to know that so that you don't get swayed by all these insecurities and all these uh, 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 prejudices and so on and so forth. Have you ever noticed when you pick up these health magazines, these uh, style magazines and, and so on and so forth, these women magazines, as you go through the magazine, man, they're telling you, you're not good enough. You're not light enough. You're not dark enough. You're not thin enough. You're not big enough. Your eyelashes aren't long enough. They, they started saying that. I was surprised. <laughs> so your eyelashes aren't long enough, and, or they're too long, and your hairstyle is not the one for 2019. By the, time you finish, by the time you finish reading that thing, you have a bill of about 3,200 rand hanging over you so you can fix all the things that they're saying is wrong with you. And here's the sad part. Most of us bite. 
Someone shout, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. Therefore, spirit. Therefore I'm, all right. I'm all right. If you don't like it, yeah. tough. 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 You know why? Because the Bible says, as he is, Jesus, so am I in this world. Yeah. But if I relate to myself and to others based on the outside, I am going to live a life of insecurities. Man, I'm always going to have something missing. Oh, you, I can guarantee you. You pick up one of those magazines, you're going to find something that you need. Yep. Amen? Because they don't relate to you based on your true identity. Your true identity is spirit. You are a spirit and God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. If a man or a woman is not pleased with you, tough. In fact, if a man or a woman is not pleased with you, it's their loss. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's, that's a good attitude when you know who you are. It's their loss. You know why? Because God is pleased with me. If God is pleased me, who are you? So he created us in his image and recreated us through Christ to where we become a new creation. And not only that, we become his workmanship. God is pleased with you. He's pleased with me. Amen? And beyond that, he says, according to our likeness. So God not only created us to be spirit, he also created us after his likeness. Now, likeness speaks of functionality. It speaks of how God operates, the way God operates. And God, not only is he a spirit, he is a speaking spirit. Amen? So God created you to be a speaking spirit. What that means is God deposited the power in you to a place to live at a place where whatever you speak is the power to create. Amen? Because God created the earth through talking. Let's go to Genesis chapter number one, and we're going to read uh, verse six. Genesis. Someone shout, I'm a speaking spirit. Genesis chapter number 1 verse 6. I want us to read the first three words of that verse. Ready? Read. Then God said. This is how God created. Then God said. He didn't say then God rolled up his sleeves. Then God said. And when God said, watch what happened. Let's go to verse 7. And I want us to read the last four words of verse 7. Ready? Read. And it was so. Whatever God said ends with, and it was so. Let's go to verse 9. First three words. Ready? Read. Then God said. Last four words. And it was so. Verse 14. First three words. Then God said, verse 15, last four words, and it was so. And God gave us the same formula when he created us. Now you have the power to say, and whatever you say, you can end it with, and it was so. You know, pastor, this month I will never uh, make it till the end of the month because the bills, I have more bills than Money left. I have more month than money left. And it was so. <laughs> Amen? You become the master of your destiny. You know what, Pastor? I don't know what I'm doing in this marriage. This marriage sucks. It sucks, it sucks, it sucks. I don't know. I don't want to be in it anymore. Last four words. And it was. Man, this will bring a wake up call to you. This job, this job sucks. This job sucks. I will never get promoted in this job. Uh, man, this job, uh, man, it just, uh, last four words. And it Because God gave you the same creative power. And after he created Adam and gave him the same creative power, he gave him a practice session. Let's go to Genesis 2.19. And he says in Genesis 2.19, And out of the ground... Uh, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to who? To Adam, to see what he would call them. Now, here's the interesting part. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. It's interesting that it didn't say, you know, the th- some, some of the things that Adam tried to call, God corrected him. 
He says everything. Whatever Adam called it, that was the name thereof. In other words, whatever Adam called it, it became. Because of this creative force that God deposited in his image and likeness, right on the inside of you, you also have the power to call things and they become. You know, God would bring different animals to Adam and he would call them, you know, hippopotamus. That's a nice, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hippopotamus. Let's just call it hippo now. Hippo, yeah. crocodile. And every time he's calling it, God is like, that's the name there. It's interesting that God didn't say, ah, no, I think let's call it monkey. No, God let him call it. And whatever he called it, it became. It's the same way. God has given you the power to call things around you. And whatever you call it, he's not going to argue with you. Whatever you call it, it becomes. What that means is you have the creative power in your mouth to create your world. God showed us how to create the world. Now you can create your world with the creative ability that God gave you. You can create your world in your finances, your world in your home. Man, you can create your world. You can create heaven in that house or you can create hell on earth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs 18, verse 21. Man, I'm trying to help you. I really am. I'm trying to help you uh, stoke up on the good stuff in your heart. Live in a controlled environment. Amen. Get the good words in your heart. Get some of that word of God in your heart. And I'm telling you, things around you will start to line up. Because you will begin to speak the right thing. In the midst of a crisis, you will know exactly what to say. Yes. Amen? Amen? It says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life. Someone say death. death. And life. And life. Notice it didn't say, you know, just everything around you. It says death and life. In other words, it's taking extreme positions because you're either dead or you're alive. There's no in between. Pastor, I'm just transitioning. No. <laughs> you're either dead or you're alive. And what's interesting is he says, death and life are in the power of the government. Death and life is in the power of your boss. No, he didn't say that. He says death and life are in the power of the tongue. tongue. What that means is your tongue can drag stuff all the way from the extremity of death over here to the extremity of life. Through the words that you speak. Or alternatively, your tongue has the power to drag something that was flourishing. Something that was giving life. Something that was thriving all the way from the extremity of life over here to the extremity of death. Through the words that you speak over it. I think it was Dr. Yamamoto who did an experiment. He took two uh, uh, bottles of water and he froze them. The other one, he put ugly words. You know, hatred, jealousy, and just ugly words, division, and so on and so forth, curse. And he put it on that glass. And with the other one, he put words of life, peace, and joy, and, you know, long-suffering, patience, and so on and so forth. And he put it on the other glass. And after they finished uh, freezing up the thing, they looked at the symmetrics of the water and the formation. And the one that they spoke life on had a nice pattern on it, a beautiful symmetric on it. And the one that they spoke words of death had, you know, chaos on it and confusion and the picture wasn't even appealing to the eye. And he said, words even have power over creation. It has power over water. And here's what's interesting. Your body is 70% or 60%, I don't know, somewhere there, a water. What that means is the water in your body also responds to the words that people speak around you. And I just choose not to listen to naysayers. And to people who don't have nice things to say about me. Because guess what? It's going to mess up the water formation in my body. (laughs) I don't want it. Amen. Amen. People call you and they say, do you know what so-and-so is saying about you? I don't want to hear it. And they say, why? Because it's going to mess up the water formation in my body. I like symmetric, beautiful stuff, amen? I don't want to hear it. Some of you want to hear it and you feed on that stuff. What you're doing is you're taking a, 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 a little piece of paper, a sticker, and you're sticking that thing on your body with water and it's messing up everything in your body. Now the chemicals are out of the place. Their imbalance is crazy. Why? 
Because you're receiving words of death instead of words of life. Amen? So we've got to receive words of life. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 6 verse 2 says, you are snared with the words of your mouth. You are taken captive with the words of your mouth. Did you see that? He said you are snared. That word snare uh, is speaking about a trap that they used to use to catch, you know, little animals. And here he's saying you are trapped. You are entrapped by the words of your mouth. You are taken hostage by the words of your mouth. Not by your circumstances. Not by your environment. By the words of your mouth. So you've got to be careful what kind of words you use. Amen? I said amen. Job 22, verse 28 to 29. And then we're going to go to James, and we will close. Amen? Job 22, verse 28 to 29. It says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, or you will also declare a thing. Who gets to declare a thing? You. I like that. God has just given the power to the people to make declarations over things. He says, you get to do the declaring of a thing, and it will be established for you. Whatever you declare will be established for you. That's right. Amen? That's right. So light will shine on your ways. Let's go to verse 29 in the original King James, please. It says, when men are cast down, then you shall say, men are cast down. He's trying to show you what to say when you go to the bride. You see what he's doing? There's just been a cast down. And then you get to the bride. What do you say to your friends at the bride? Ah, Baba, there was a strong cast down. <laughs> so he's trying to help you. He's trying to help you move from speaking what you see or what it looks like to speaking by faith. Do you see it? He's trying to get you to start speaking what it looks like in the spirit. He's trying to get you to put truth in your mouth. He's trying to move you from being a commentator to being a deliverer. See, everyone is good with commenting and being a commentator. <laughs> Just being a commentator. If there was a cast down, it doesn't take an effort. Do you realize if men are cast down, it doesn't take any effort to say men are cast down? <laughs> Because you're just seeing and speaking what it looks like. Amen? I said amen. amen. It takes an effort when you are in a mess to say there is a lifting. And that's the faith element of speaking life. It takes an effort to say this marriage is made in heaven when you know this dude is crazy. Amen. Or this wife is crazy. Amen? It takes faith. But it t- it's so easy, and we usually take the easy path to just say, you know, there's a cast down. There's a cast down. Or what do you want me to say? There's a cast down. Can't you see? There's a cast down. <laughs> it's the easy path. But God wants us to take the faith part. When men are cast down, then you shall say, there is a lifting up. Because you speak by faith. And this ought to be your lifestyle. And what will happen? And ye shall save the humble person. This is how you bring salvation to your situation. By speaking faith. Instead of what it looks like. Amen? I said amen. James chapter number 3 from verse 1 to 5. Then we close. Is this helping you? It says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. So he's saying if anyone does not use words carelessly, they are a mature believer. So the word perfect there does not mean flawless. It means mature. Amen? And he's saying how do you tell a mature believer from an immature believer, it is by not stumbling in word or, not, or by not being careless with how they speak words. Do you see it? There's some people, man, who are just careless with words. They don't realize words are the currency of life. Sure. You exchange every word you speak for the exact same thing. Your words, when you release words of bitterness, you're exchanging it. You go, you go into the, they call it the universe, but it's just the way God has set up the system. 
you know, if you go out there, yeah, the motivational speakers will say, you know, the universe will give it to you. It's not the universe. It's God. The way you set up the system is that, you know, you, whatever you release, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You trade your words. Man, I want you to catch this. The same way you go to the shop and you swipe your card, I want you to picture this every time you speak a word. That I'm making payment for the very thing that I'm saying. That I'm receiving the very same words that I'm saying. You know, when you say I'm not going to make it, I want you to picture yourself punching in the password and it says, man, that thing will say approve. And then immediately something happens to your phone. You already know. You know. This is a transaction. Why? Because we have to learn how to use these words. We have to learn how to use our words. Amen? Amen. When you speak one to another. I've, I've had to ca- uh, counsel uh, a few uh, 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 premarital classes. You know, we take premarital classes. We say to couples, man, whatever words you speak to one another, yeah. that's exactly what you're going to get from each other. Yeah. So if you say he's a no good person, he's a... Uh, 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 a loser, uh, 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 no good thing, it does not, if you speak that, that's exactly what you're swiping for. You're making payment, you're trading your words for exactly what they're going to give to you. You know why? Those who know how to talk to that person always get the best out of them. Have you ever noticed the person that they call the worst and you can't seem to find fault with them and, you know, someone else calls them best friend? And they draw the best out of them. And you wonder, what's going on? It's because they've learned how to release words of life instead of words of death. Amen? I said amen. So he says here, a man who does not stumble in word is a perfect man. He's also able to bridle his own body. He's saying the man who knows how to speak can even manage his whole body. Does it not connect to what I was talking about with the word and water and so on and so forth? He says you can control what happens in your own body if you learn how to control what you speak uh, through your mouth. He says in verse 3, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Man, this is powerful. Anybody ever gone horse riding? I mean, that thing is strong. Sometimes those things can weigh up to, you know, uh, 1,000, 2,000 tons. That thing is strong. It's it's muscular. And that thing can take off, you know, at tremendous speeds. And here the Bible is saying the way we control it, even as masculine, as radical, as aggressive as that thing can be, the way, you, the way you control it is through the tongue. You put beats in its tongue. And when you tell it to turn right, you just pull the tongue right. And the whole body, as masculine as it is, can't help it but follow the tongue. It's the same way. I don't care what your life looks like. I don't care how aggressive things have been coming against you. You can begin to turn it around with the way you direct and stir your mouth. So he uses the example of a horse. He says we turn the horse around through what we do to the bits in their mouth. You slow it down through pulling on the reins. And it slows down. You turn that thing to the left. The whole body has no choice but to turn to the left. So is your life. You can slow down. You can speed up. You can turn to the left. You can turn to the right. In other words, you can go the victory way or the defeat way through the words of your mouth. Just like we control the horse. Amen? And then he takes it a little further. He brings on another example. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. In other words, you know, some coal ships are little cities. Because the ship is just that huge. It's, it's, a, it's a big thing. You can find all kinds of things in there. And they say, man, this thing is just like a town. It's just like a city. I've never been on one, but they say, man, this thing is huge. And it goes against fierce winds. You know, if you've ever been in the open ocean, you know what happens. You know, with the waves get a little aggressive. And this thing, you know, is going against fierce winds. And how do we direct it? They are turned by, every, by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. I want to announce to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that you are the pilots of your life. And your life will be controlled by the small, tiny rudder called 
the tongue. Your whole life will be controlled by the tongue. And as you begin to bring your heart into alignment with the kingdom of God, as you begin to stock up on the good stuff, amen, in your heart, something happens to the way you speak. We get testimonies over and over again at the church office. Pastor Henry here can tell you, we get testimonies sometimes from husbands, in fact, mostly from husbands, because it seems, you know, uh, women come to the Lord first and then men always end up coming because they're following their wives, and amen, and it's a good thing, praise the Lord. And, 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 and sometimes we get testimonies from, from husbands and from wives, and they say, you know, before I came to this environment, I didn't know how to treat my spouse. And when I started coming to church and hearing these words and stalking up on these words in my heart, stalking up on these words at life group, something changed. The way I relate to them changed. The way I relate to those around me changed. Now I'm an honorable man. And they think we're going to take credit for it. And we tell them, no, we can't take any credit for it. You just came to a place where you're now stocking up on treasure instead of garbage. How many of you know that there's a difference between coming to a place like this and hearing a message like this and sitting at the bar hearing another guy say, you know what, me, I tell her to sit down. Sit down. (laughs) There's a difference on what you're stalking up on. And then you go home, you say, man, my friend said, I'm going to tell her to sit down. You're stalking up on that. You're going to try it in your own house. It may not work out. Never tells me what to do. You know, it may not work out. You know why? Because you're stalking up on the wrong stuff. Amen? Offside. Amen. So what happens? How does transformation come? It comes through changing what you stalk up in your heart. It begins to change the way you respond to people in traffic. It changes. I'm telling you. It would, you stock up on the good treasure. It changes the way you talk changes what comes out of you. And as it does that, your environment begins to change. What am I saying to you this morning? What I'm saying to you is there's a transformation that's available for all of us. And it starts with our hearts. We have to bring our hearts to a place where we are directly in front of the sun. You know, like the moon? The only time the moon doesn't give a full reflection we call it a full moon, is when the earth is in between the sun and the moon. And sometimes when you let the things, the care of this world, the earth, get in between you and the kingdom, you don't reflect the fullness of what's coming from heaven. But when you take the earth out of the way, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and so on and so forth, when you take that out of the way, there is a direct reflection of what's coming from the sun. And here's what's awesome about being in a place like that. You begin to emit light effortlessly because the moon does not have to generate anything. All it has to do is position. When it's positioned, it begins to shine the very same thing that's coming from the sun. And we all look at it and say, man, look at that beautiful moon. And I'm telling you, as you position yourself, people will say, look at that beautiful marriage. Look at that beautiful life. Look at that beautiful person. Not because of the outside, but because of the heart. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I'm a life carrier. Someone shout, I possess life and life in abundance. I live in a controlled environment. Today, I make a decision that my heart is a treasure chest. It is not a bin. It is not a dustbin. My heart will only receive (laughs) the treasures of the kingdom, the treasures of life, the treasures of light. Lord, I thank you that I possess victory in my heart. I possess power in my heart. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. The same power, the same resourcefulness 
that Jesus possessed when he walked the earth is abundant in my heart. Lord, I thank you that my heart is full of thoughts of possibility. Thoughts of victory. Thoughts of winning. In all the areas of my life. In my health. In my finances. In my relationships. In my business. In my career. I am a victor. And not a victim. I'm victorious. I'm a winner. I do not lose. I win. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you man. You need to get to a place where you start just thinking about victory as you go to sleep in your night season. Don't have dreams of fear and running away and panic. Start having dreams of victory. How do you do that? Start feeding your soul, your heart. Start taking the paintbrush of time. I call time a paintbrush. Start using the paintbrush of time dipping it into the word of God and use it to paint the canvas of your imagination. Use your time in God's word to paint your imagination. Amen? The things that you see, the things that you want to see, let them be painted by the paintbrush. The paintbrush is the time of the word of God. And I'm telling you, as you do that, there's going to be a transformation going to be a change that will be so evident everyone will witness it amen well we love you god bless you and remember these words from second corinthians 5 verse 7 for we walk by faith and not by sight we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening to find out more about how you can become a partner visit faithhill.tv today